It's time for She Knows Sports, the podcast, with your host, Tarika Foster Brasby. Hey everyone, it's your host, Tarika Foster Brasby, and welcome to the debut of She Knows Sports, the podcast. I am so super excited to be back behind the microphone in my own space. You guys have no idea. Um, Some of my loyal followers may remember me from hosting several shows with the Sports Fan Media Group. And so shout out to Will Johnson and Jers Dash, uh, Drew Patton, uh, Vincent Pry, everybody who really helped get my foot in the door um, on this whole radio scene. I definitely appreciate you guys. Um, My Facebook friends and followers from Chopping Up Sports to Sports Global to the Sports Fam actual group. It's just been a really really fun ride to get here and I appreciate everything and all the support so thank you guys so much um some other people may actually just become familiar with me through my work with ESPN of course I'm the producer for uh the Beyond the Lights podcast the esports podcast and most notably ESPNW's Around the Rim and let me just say that I have a great time working with All of this remarkable talent that I get to work with at ESPN and in ESPN radio. But it's, you know, I I have my own voice. I have my own thoughts. um, I have my own feelings. And it just really feels damn good to have my own space where I can express them. So thanks again for everybody checking me out. I really hope you enjoy the show. Subscribe to the show as well. And uh, let's jump right into it. Jameis Winston has made his way back into the news again. On Wednesday at Melrose Elementary School in St. Petersburg, Florida, he was giving a speech to some students, and apparently one of the students weren't paying attention, and so instead of singling the student out, he asked all of the male students to stand up, and he gave a message to those students as they were standing, but he used some terminology that kind of pissed some people off. So... We're going to listen to what Jameis Winston has to say, and I'm going to play the clip a little longer than maybe some other outlets have played because I really want everyone to get the context of what he was saying. But we're going to hear what Jameis Winston has to say. The third rule of life, I can do anything I put my mind to. I can do anything I put my mind to. Okay, I know I got a lot of people like this. All my boys, all my, all my young boys, stand up, man. The ladies, the ladies sit down, sit, sit down. But all, all my boys, stand up, stand up. We strong, right? We strong, we strong, right? Okay, all my boys, just tell me one time. I can do anything I put my mind to. I, I, a lot of boys don't supposed to be soft-spoken. You know what I'm saying? One day y'all gonna have a very deep voice like this, right? Now y'all talking like this. But one day y'all gonna have a very, very deep voice. But the ladies, they go, they supposed to be silent, polite, gentle. But my men now, my men supposed to be strong. Okay? So I want y'all to tell me what the third rule of life is. I can do anything I put my mind to. Scream it. All right. Y'all can sit down now. Y'all can sit down. I had to wake y'all up because I had too many boys with they. See, you, you're doing it again. You're doing it again. You're slipping, baby. You're slipping. Get, look, your fist. Listen, having your fist like this, that's basically you're punching yourself. You're punching yourself. Sit up, sit up straight. I want to see. Now, afterwards, James Winston, um, he tried to clear up pretty much what he meant by what he said, basically saying that he used 
very poor choice of words. But what he said to the Tampa Bay Times was, and I quote, I was making an effort to interact with a young male in the audience who didn't seem to be paying attention and I didn't want to single him out. So I asked all the boys to stand up. During my talk, I used a poor word choice that may have overshadowed that positive message for some. You know what, Jameis? You didn't overshadow the message for me. As an African-American woman, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm not upset. I wouldn't be looking for an apology. Because I know that we are in an era right now where gender stereotypes is this really sensitive subject, but everything needs to be understood in context. And before we start automatically pointing our finger of offense at people, we need to understand and really grasp the concept of what Jameis was saying. It is natural habitat for me as a woman to be a more softer spoken individual. Does that mean that I can't be loud? Absolutely not. Does that mean that I don't have a tendency to be a little ignorant sometimes? Absolutely not. But it is just natural habitat for me to do that. In the same case, it is not natural habitat for men to be soft was not saying that little girls aren't strong, that little girls should just shut up, be silent, and not be heard. And it has been taken out of context. The reality is there aren't enough men who are coming back to their communities to show other young men, especially black men, that we need to be strong, that you can do whatever it is that you want to do, and that it is okay to be confident and it, that you need to show that confidence, which is why he said, I need you to sit up. I need to be able to see you. Yeah, I need you to, to speak with some authority. That's the reality that we live in. And at no time was he saying that women can't do that. And at no time was he saying that women shouldn't do that. It is just natural habitat for men to be that way. Because here's the reality that we face. When men aren't that way, when they aren't showing an assertive nature, when they aren't speaking in an authoritative form, and I don't mean like telling somebody what to do, but I mean in being confident, showing confidence in their walk, showing confidence in how they speak, showing confidence in the things that they do, regardless of what it is that they do, the, the world is going to look at you as either being a punk or being gay. As sad as that is, that's how you will be judged. And I'm not at all saying that it is okay to be judged that way. I am just simply saying that it was not about us as women, as female. What he said was not geared to be to be negative towards us. We made something that wasn't about us about us. That's what it was. That's what we did. He was not making that claim that women should just shut up and be quiet and be polite and that's it. And, and it's amazing to me how it has gone so far left when the reality is he's just simply saying to these young kids, you got to be strong. You got to be confident. You can do what you want to do. But you as men in particular have to show that level of confidence in order to make it. Because believe it or not, people out here, they will try you all the time. I saw absolutely nothing wrong with that. And another thing that bugs me about that whole situation is this idea of gender stereotypes having to be bad all the time. Stereotypes are not all bad all the time. 
it is possible in certain cases that stereotypes can be positive. Not all stereotypes are negative, and I'm not saying that we need to stereotype people. I'm simply saying, yes, I agree that negative stereotypes need to be eradicated. Absolutely. All black women aren't angry, okay? All men who wear hoodies aren't thugs. All girls who play basketball with cornrows aren't gay. All white people aren't Trump supporters, and they all aren't racist. Yes, those are the type of stereotypes that are negative and that should never be spoken, and they are the type that should never be fed into. But certain gender roles and certain gender specific ideas are not all bad. I'll give you a perfect example. I'm a married woman. And if I'm in the house and my husband is in the house and it's six feet of snow outside, guess what? I'm not going outside to shovel the damn snow. My husband better go outside and shovel the snow. Does that mean I am incapable? Absolutely not. Does that mean that if I needed to do it, I wouldn't do it? Absolutely not. Because if it needs to be done, I'll do it. But at the end of the day, my husband's role is to take his behind outside and shovel that darn snow. I'm not taking out trash, period. If the trash has to go out and my husband's not around, of course I will. But at the end of the day, that is not a role that I am going to take on if there is a man around. Opening the door. I am not going to grab a door handle if there are gentlemen around. Does that mean I'm incapable of opening the door for myself? Absolutely not. But it is okay for me to allow a man to be a man in the aspect of being a gentleman and in the aspect of allowing me to be what? Be soft, be gentle, be polite. It is okay at times to take on that. That does not define who you are. I know for a fact there are some ridiculously strong physically mentally and emotionally women out here. I would like to think that I am one of them. Maybe not so much physically, because I, I ain't really that strong physically, but emotionally, absolutely. Mentally, absolutely. You have to be. It is not even an option at times. You have to be. Am I soft-spoken when I want to be? But there are absolutely times where I am the loudest person in the daggone room. It is what it is. Do I accept people placing negative stereotypes on me? Absolutely not. But that does not mean that every time someone says something to uplift a man in my presence, that they are automatically putting me down as a woman. I don't believe that. And I don't believe that what Jameis was doing. And I understand that he has a history um, specifically his involvement with a female student back when he was at Florida State in 2012 in a sexual assault case that I must notate he wasn't charged with. But I know that he has to do things to try to rehabilitate his image. And I know that he has to do things to try to put himself in a brighter light. But in this particular instance, I, I'm, I'm not mad at you, Jameis. I'm not mad at you. I mean, to appease other people, could you possibly have done something in particular to the female students after you asked the male students to sit down? You know, could you have said something directly after to say something to their encouragement specifically? Of course you could have. You know, it was reported that a female student turned around to her teacher and said, hey, I'm strong too. You damn right you are, baby. You are strong. But what he said to those boys was not a put down to you. We are just super freaking sensitive way too much way too often this is the she knows sports podcast we'll be right back hey everyone this is serendipity my book embers flame hit number one on the amazon african-american erotica chart 
Get your copy today to find out what fans Ember's Flame, and you might find yourself in need of some cooling off. Available on Amazon and at www.authorserendipity.com. the podcast. I'm your host, Tariqa Foster-Brasby, and trade deadline is coming on, and guess what? Nothing happened. (laughs) Aside from the Boogie Cousins trade to New Orleans and maybe Lou Williams being sent to the Rockets, there really weren't any significant moves made despite the many rumors from big players like Jimmy Butler and Paul George. I mean, there was speculation that Maybe Carmelo Anthony was going to waive his no-trade clause and whatever this quote-unquote plan is that he said he's not going to move without would have come into fruition. That didn't happen. Um, Boston would consider, you know, making a move and putting some missing pieces that would help them make them a strong contender against the Cavaliers. But nope, nothing happened dry the nba trade deadline was dry i mean even the pistons were considering being sellers they put up andre drummond and contavious caldwell pope in a mix but no one in their right mind wanted to mess with those contracts and what i think is really funny is because you know you have to wonder what goes through these players minds after the trade deadline and i'm sure all players know that their league is a business and business moves have to be made but if you're a person who is totally content with where you are and you have not been contacted by anyone in your executive office and all of a sudden you're walking by the tv or you look at the local headline or you pick up your phone and you go on twitter And all of a sudden, you see that your team is shopping you in a trade deadline. I mean, you've got to feel some type of way about that, right? It would only only make sense. And you feel a little perturbed that you're all of a sudden on the trading block and you have no idea why. And then for you to hear the people, you know, they're going to tell you, nah, bro, you ain't even worth it. Nope. Not even going to spend my money like that on you. I'm straight. I'm straight on you and I'm straight on your contract. Damn, like that has got to make you feel some type of way as a player. It really has to weigh on you the day after. So I'm more than going to be stalking some people's Twitter to figure out what they're going to say about being on the chopping block pretty much and then just being totally rejected. But that's kind of what these players are used to going through. That's At least that's what they've gone through this week. Now, don't get me wrong. There were some moves. There just weren't any blockbuster deals. You know, I think some players are just going to wait until the summer when contracts are over, when free agency hits, and just kind of see, you know, weighing out their options there. But there were some moves that were made. Toronto picked up P.J. Tucker from the Suns. Nerland Noel was shipped down to Dallas for Andrew Bogut, Justin Anderson, and a conditional first-round pick, which ended up going back to the Sixers. I think one of the more interesting moves, though, was Taj Gibson and Doug McDermott from the Bulls heading to OKC. Now, I don't see Taj Gibson doing a crazy high man pregame warm-up thing that Russell Westbrook had going on with Cameron Payne but 
He does have a three-point shot, and he does add another layer of defense that the Thunder desperately needed. So, I, And I don't really see it being an easy transition for Doug McBuckets to fit into that offense either. And if we're being truly honest, which of course I'm always going to do, I don't really see either player really upgrading the Thunder to a level that's really going to make them a threat in the West. But I don't really see how this makes sense for the Bulls at all. I mean, unless Cameron Payne out of nowhere becomes an overnight sensation, I don't really see why this trade really made sense for them. I mean, they're deep at the guard position as it is in Chicago, and they're really not going to miss McDermott at all. But they damn sure will miss Taj Gibson. So this was a strange one for me, very interesting, where it definitely helps OKC way more than it helps Chicago. The Mavericks cut ties with Darren Williams as well, which um, I have to think, and I think most of us, already think that if if it hasn't already been reported, I know it will, that, you know, the Cavaliers have to make a push for him to fill that need in Cleveland for a backup point guard. I mean, he's older, but he's still Darren Williams, and he's still a veteran point guard that knows how to lead an offense, and he's fairly inexpensive. They'll more than likely do the veteran minimum for him. So I think that's a, a pretty solid move for the Cavaliers to take. But without a shadow of a doubt, the Pelicans are ultimately the winners in this deadline. I mean, they got a guy averaging 20 and 10 for Buddy Hield. Think about that. Let that sink in. You got Boogie basically for Buddy Hield. I mean, I know there were more people involved in trade, but realistically, realistically, that's what they did. A plus in my book. That is a sign of someone who truly just wanted to get rid of you. That they were willing to give away you for Buddy Heald. A rookie who's been proven to be ineffective thus far in this league. And you gave away 20 and 10 for that. All right. <laughs> they just wanted to get rid of you. And now you have been freed. So Boogie actually took action for the first time in New Orleans on Thursday night. And was it one of his best starts? No. But he came around and he was clearly the best player on the floor. He finished the night with 24-14, uh, five assists, five steals, and four blocks. And you let that go for Buddy Hill. Sacramento ought to be ashamed of themselves for that. Anthony Davis, who was the other half of this dynamic duo that they're supposedly going to have down in New Orleans, had 29 and 9. He was one shy away from a double-double himself. But listen, this is not going to come overnight. And I don't think those who thought that this would, I don't think that they are really being logical here. I mean, people who needed to see them play together got a chance to see it. And if you watch the game or read about the game afterwards, you have to realize that it's not impossible for this to work. Will it take some time to build the chemistry? Of course. Between Cousins, Davis, Drew Holiday, who's going to you know, be that third piece, really didn't help out much on Thursday night because he added more turnovers than he did points. But the Pelicans aren't out of it. They're only two and a half games um, away from the Nuggets out of the eighth seed. And I think that we can all see the potential there. But first, they really just need to first learn to play some defense because there weren't any in the game against Houston. Houston was able to put up 100 points on them before the end of the third quarter. So obviously that's going to be something they need to work on. But secondly, they, and they have to learn how to take care of the basketball. Obviously, they had 
over 20 turnovers and seven of them came from Drew Holiday. But I think when they get more reps together, um, it's not impossible for them to make some moves in this Western Conference and do something that Boogie has never done which is actually get a taste of the postseason, even if they are going to be swept out of the first round by Golden State. And that's regardless if it's the Pelicans, if it's the Nuggets, you might as well just get ready to play your four games and go home because Golden State is sweeping whoever they face in the first round. Simple as that. But... It's going to be interesting to see what goes on with the NBA during the second half of the season. And this is where I have to say my time is coming to an end. It has been a lot of fun on a debut podcast. I am looking forward to a great season, a great season of shows. And I really hope that you guys um, enjoy the show. Look forward to some guests that we're going to have on. It won't be just my voice all the time. Nothing wrong with my voice, though. But we are going to have some guests come and join me on the show. Definitely going to be dropping some knowledge on on different sports, different aspects. Baseball season's coming up as well, so we'll be talking about that. NCAA tournament men's and women's will be talking about that. WNBA action, we will be talking about that. I'm just really excited. So I hope you enjoyed the show. Tune in again next week. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You can also listen to the podcast on blogtalkradio.com slash she sports. You can actually add the podcast to your podcast feed from that website. So check us out. I'll be taking some calls and some later shows. So be looking out for the number where you can call in, talk to me. Let me hear what you have to say as well. Follow me on Twitter at she sports underscore. Everyone be blessed. Peace out. Thank you for listening to She No Sports, the podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and blogtalkradio.com and follow on Twitter at she no sports underscore.